everyone. Hi everyone, how are you doing? Greetings from Bolivia, from a very quiet house. Eerily quiet. It is very quiet. What's going on? It's the first day of first grade. Oh my word. Sam is not here. Yep, so it's his first day of first grade, but not only that, it's Sam's first day at school, in school, for 18 months. So, um, we are happy, mm-hmm. but a lot more emotional than we thought we would be. Yeah, definitely than we thought we'd be two or three weeks ago as we contemplated this day. Yeah, and if you'd thought, if you'd asked us 18 months ago, you know, if, if we, if sorry, if you'd told us 18 months ago uh, that this was going to be 18 months, my goodness, my goodness, but here we are. Yeah, and he went off today and he was very up for it. And um, we are so proud of him. Yeah, we really are. We're, we're delighted for him and we're just feeling, I guess, a bit maybe slightly anxious this morning. Just hoping it's going to go okay like any parent on a day like this. Um, so we thought, what, what better way to distract ourselves than to uh, record a podcast and pretend to be speaking to lots of other people? Yeah, it's a, a great diversion. <laughs> of course, yeah. Um, okay, so we'll, we'll touch more on that a little bit later, um, but I guess what we'll do just now is actually talk about one of the highlights of the school vacations uh, in a roundabout way. Um, we were sort of thinking, you know, we live in this country of Bolivia, and I think sometimes we just take it for granted that maybe people know what Bolivia is like, or that sort of thing, because we've lived here for so long. Uh, but actually, Bolivia is an amazing country, and a lot of people who come to visit us uh, in Bolivia, yeah, they want to see where we live, but they also want to take the opportunity to get to know the country a little bit more because there's so much here to see. Um, and so we thought we'd take an occasional podcast episode just to maybe profile different parts of Bolivia. And today we're going to do a little part called Sucre. Really, this podcast is just us begging for visitors. <laughs> so yeah. we're trying to sell the concept of, please come and see us because we're lonely. Uh-huh. Especially this morning. Um, <laughs> in quite quite a nice, uh, quiet way, I have to say. Maybe maybe give us a week or so, we'll be fine. Um, but yeah, Bolivia, uh, you may not realise it, but Bolivia, you can see it in the middle of South America, and it looks relatively small uh, compared to other countries in South America. It is, in fact, four times the size of the UK, it's the same size as Ontario uh, in terms of landmass, but Bolivia is remarkably compact. Um, something that's a big factor here is plane travel. Plane travel is fairly cheap uh, and it's relatively straightforward. Most domestic flights here uh, last no longer than an hour, uh, so it's actually quite easy to get around Bolivia. Yeah, because the terrain is not hospitable to car travel. Mm. Um, the roads aren't as developed. And on the west, you have the Andes Mountains. So you're up and down, up and down, dangerous passes and things. And then on the east, you have a lot of jungle and forest. So road travel is long and it's not pleasant. No. So most people, if, as long as they can afford it, take advantage of the flights between all the cities. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can usually do a return flight anywhere for within $100, I think, usually, per person, which isn't too bad, but quite often it's a lot less than that. 
But Bolivia is a very diverse country. Uh, you might not realise it. I guess the picture postcard images of llamas and, and mountains and things like that. We live in quite a tropical area uh, of the country where there's more rainforest. But in addition to this, you know, we have huge desert areas. We have uh, great big uh, fertile valleys. We have big lakes. Lake Titicaca. Is it, is it the highest freshwater lake in the world? Something like that. I believe it is. It's certainly pretty big. If we say yes with authority, we could make it true. <laughs> yes, it is. And it sits, of course, on the border with Peru. Um, and so, and of course, you've got the, the Salt Lake down in Uyuni that is quite famous as well. You might have seen that uh, before. Um, so, really, the one thing that Bolivia doesn't have, of course, if you look at it on a map, is a coast, uh, which is too bad. But really, aside from that, Bolivia has pretty much every kind of landscape that you could want. Yeah, and so um, Craig, more than me, has taken the opportunity to visit those. I have not seen much of Bolivia. <laughs> yeah, and Amanda's not. Uh, you'll I know a common theme in all these podcasts is Amanda's lack of bitterness, and uh, you, you were seeing it resurface. Well, it's because I'm so emotional this morning. Everything's just coming out. It's okay. Pass your Kleenex. Um, yeah, when I first came to Bolivia um, in my gap year, uh, there was a promotion around that time. You could buy, I think it was five flights anywhere in the country for $200. Uh, so I took advantage of that for a month and it was a really good way to see the country. So I guess from quite an early stage here in Bolivia, over 20 years ago, uh, I've gotten to know a fair bit of the country. But uh, I guess for now, like I say, we're going to start in Sucre, which, as you know, or maybe you don't know, is the capital city of Bolivia. Now there is a useful quiz question right there. La Paz, which everyone knows, everyone is familiar with, is the seat of government. It's a very big city, very important city, but Sucre remains the constitutional capital of Bolivia, even though it's significantly smaller. Sucre is really just a big town. Yeah, I think, is it because it holds the Supreme Court? Uh -huh. um, I think so. So all legal matters at the highest level go through Sucre, mm -hmm. and that means technically it is still the capital. I think also it's it's in recognition of its place in Bolivia's history, uh, because Sucre is where independence was first declared uh, back in the, in the 19th century, the date of which I should remember. Yes, 1825, uh, right in the Casa de la Libertad, which sits actually right in the centre uh, of the city in the Plaza Principal. So, so I think that it's a nod to that as well, its capital status. How interesting. Indeed. Um, the first thing you're going to notice when you go to Sucre, uh, when you get to the centre, is it is remarkably white. I mean that in an aesthetic sense. Um, Not in a racial sense. Yes, thank you. Thank yes. you for clarifying. Yes, of course. We, we need to uh, get these things straight. Um, but yeah, Sucre is, is very, very white. There is a bylaw uh, in Sucre, I think, that you have to paint. If you live within a certain radius of the centre of the plaza, you have to paint your building white once a year. Um, so yeah, so it's, very, so it's quite striking, especially in the, in the sun, uh, which is mm. very strong there. It, it definitely has a very colonial feel to mm. it. You know, there's a European-esque um, 
kind of feel to the architecture, especially close to the center. For sure, it was, it, and that is because Sucre was a major center uh, of Spanish power uh, back in the day. It was just down the road, well, it is still down the road from another city here in Bolivia called Potosí. And Potosí is where uh, the the silver uh, was mined. Uh, the Bolivians have a saying that the Spanish dug up enough silver from there to build a bridge uh, between Bolivia uh, and Spain. Um, anyway, it was quite close to Potosí, and but apparently the Spanish were especially fond of the climate, uh, and that's not hard to understand. Now it is a little bit high; it's two thousand eight hundred meters, uh, so you know it's uh, it can be it could be somewhat challenging for someone used to lowland climates, but nothing like La Paz. No, it's it is a lot more comfortable than La Paz. Mm-hmm. I mean, we huff and puff up and down the hills and up and down the stairs, but there's no. I didn't have any massive headaches or um, Sam was totally fine. Yeah. If you go there just to pasear, that's a really good Spanish verb, which people use a lot here. It means just to like hang out, doesn't it? Yeah. Sucre is a great city for paseando, for hanging out. And maybe the climate's a factor in that. Yeah, I think it's very um, cool. It's relaxed. Um, the heat doesn't make you stay inside, but it's not so cold. You can't be outside. And so Mm. there's a lot, you can just wander. Yeah. The name, by the way, comes from, uh, the revolutionary leader, Antonio José de Sucre. That's where it got its name. Uh, it just so happens to be the same word as the French word for sugar. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was his name. So that's where, where its name comes from. Uh, and also it's very prestigious universities, including uh, the second oldest in the entire Americas, apparently. I did not know that. Yeah, so the, the things you learn by turning up to this podcast, honey. Well, I, f- I feel like you did extra research before this podcast, and I don't feel I'm as prepared. Amanda, extra research is what we should do every time, okay? No, I really just show up to talk and invent my feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it shows. Um... Anyway, so, so you'll see a lot of students milling around, uh, I guess, in a sense, it's quite a youthful city, especially, again, uh, in the centre. It's kind of it's spread out. The city is now about 300, 400,000 strong, I think. Lots of people live sort of out, more outside the centre. Uh, there's more of a sprawl, more of a kind of typically Bolivian feel to the outskirts. It feels a bit more like places like La Paz, but the centre remains very... Um, Sorry, it is Bolivian, <laughs> but again, that kind of European cafe culture, historic feel to it. Lovely parks as well. Yeah, lovely parks. Mm-hmm. Um, slight anecdotal story from our trip there. Stories usually are anecdotal. Slight you think about it. anecdote from our trip there. <laughs> um, we, um, Sam and I went to this big kind of park that they have just Mm. myself and him one day and they kind of had this boating pond around an island and we went on paddle boats and as i kind of push off the guy says just watch yourself at the first bridge there and so i'm like okay and i'm paddling and sam's having a good time we come up to the bridge and i'm looking around going he's joking right the clearance off the top of the boat was maybe 10 to 20 centimeters we had to lie down flat in the paddle boat to um, not get our heads chopped off as we went under the bridge. 
Yeah. So just that that was a really helpful and important reminder that we may have gone to very civilized, uh, uh, quasi-colonial corner of Bolivia. But it's still Bolivia. <laughs> yeah. It's still Bolivia, because yep. apparently it's okay to send people out in paddle boats where they could get their heads chopped off. Right, that's, that's so true. Decapitation Central. TSB, uh, that's so Bolivia, as our, uh, our fellow travellers, uh, our good American friends Mark and Megan Hunt, uh, kept saying, TSB, that's so Bolivia. <laughs> I love it. They're from South Carolina. Like we could hashtag, hashtag TSB. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... You come to Sucre, what are some things you can do? Well, right from the start... The paddle boats. The paddle boats, of course, the park. Uh, absolutely. It is one of the great Bolivian parks. There are loads of things for do, things for kids to do. Not as much as usual just now because of the pandemic. We found Sucre a little bit more restricted um, in terms of the pandemic than Santa Cruz, but yeah, hey-ho. But hopefully by the time you come to see us in 2027, that will no longer be the case. Because we're lonely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, but... <laughs> um, so come, first of all, when you come to Sucre, head to the plaza, uh, where you will see, among other things, the, the aforementioned Casa de la Libertad, right in the middle, uh, where the Republic was founded in 1825. There's a Supreme Court of Justice there as well. And looming over it all is a magnificent metropolitan cathedral, which was built over a period, Amanda, listen to this, of 113, no, 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 longer than that, 100 and, I don't know, 60, 70 years from fit between 1559 and 1712. Uh, basically, the construction that is there, that, that's, that's the period it's from. My English has deserted me. I also am still very intimidated by this level of research. Thank you. That's I live to please. So yeah, so that's a magnificent structure. You might want to go in it. There are actually lots of churches in Sucre that, again, uh, when there's not a pandemic, you can get up onto the roof and you can get magnificent views over the city, uh, which just looks beautiful in that kind of uh, altitude light. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, and then, of course, in the plaza, most importantly, is lots of different ice cream shops. Yeah, ice cream, coffee, uh, really good coffee there as well, actually. Um, and and uh, you can feed the pigeons. Yes, this is important. Because that is socially acceptable in Bolivia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can you cannot do that anymore in, in the, the global north. I don't think people like pigeons congregating in one area because uh, they poo everywhere. Isn't okay. that not okay? I'm not sure. Well, yeah. they definitely don't sell... I certainly don't like it in my house. Yeah. Pigeons? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. We've we had don't. issues with the grass and stuff. Have we? Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. the only one who pays attention to these <laughs> things. Um, so you can do that. Then you might want, if you do fancy some kind of climb, you, there's a hill just behind the city, uh, just behind the city centre really, and it takes you up to a, the site of an old monastery called the Recoleta. Uh, and it's, it's about, uh, I'd say average half hour walk. It's quite a steep climb, uh, but once you get up there, you get really nice views over the city again. Uh, and it's yeah, it's quite a nice place to go and sort of for the, to see the sunrise or the sunset. Yeah, the whole group of us we did it um, and watched the sunset. And then Craig, being an overachiever for some reason, got up really early one morning and went himself to see the sunrise. Mm. I'm not upset. I miss that. No, uh, she got she had quite a peaceful morning as it turned out. Um, 
win in Sucre. If you like your chocolate, make sure you get some chocolate because it's definitely... I'm quite a chocolate aficionado. It's the best chocolate in Bolivia. I'll put it that way. But by some distance, it's the best chocolate produced in Bolivia. Yeah. Yeah. You want to support that. I would say that the it's like a chocolate hub in Bolivia. Like mm-hmm. Sucre is known for its chocolate. Um, surprisingly, in the second hub probably would be Bauré, which is in the Beni. Mm. Ba- Bauré chocolate is getting is quite famous. Is that because the sugar cane and stuff? The cocoa, the cacao tree. Okay. Beans. Right? All right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, that's probably not somewhere we're going to cover uh, in the podcast. I mean, we might get to that if we, we have to list a 47th destination in a few years' time. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, anyway, yeah, Bowery, uh, go there if you can. Um, how could we not mention, again, also in the plaza, you might be wandering around uh, where when unsuspectingly, from nowhere, you see this giant... Double-decker bus. Oh, the double-decker bus. What double-decker bus is this, Amanda? It's the bus to the dino park. A.K.A. the dino bus, (laughs) as Sam called it. Um, Which Sam boarded on two separate occasions to go to Parque Cretacico. So Steven Spielberg had Jurassic Park... Sucre has gone one better. Sucre's effectively come up with the, the real sequel, Cretaceous Park, uh, Parque Cretacico. It's, uh, it's quite some place. What, what has uh, Parque Cretacico got to commend itself? Um, well, essentially, uh, we went on a tour um, led by a guide when we were there, which was actually helpful. And he said the park um, kind of came up because actually right next to a cement factory, like mm. literally next door to a cement factory and what happened is when the cement factory was built and started mining the limestone they discovered um fossilized footprints Mm -hmm. scaling up this kind of limestone wall and they halted um production well whatever you call mining Mm. if you mine limestone Mm. um they they halted that and then they found out they couldn't use that limestone anyway because of something and then they decided to um, monetize their discovery yeah. <laughs> and build a dino park based around these fossilized footprints. So essentially, they figure that the herds migrated, were on their way to Argentina, migrating down through South America and mm. passed through this area in the Cretaceous period. That, yeah. is, that is what we were told. And they have built really, really large mm. models of various types of dinosaurs. Yes, no, no genetic engineering to this point, which is reassuring. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, and then they had um, a VR experience, which mm-hmm. we were very impressed with. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had a little play park for the younger oh, yeah. kids. Sam loved And that. they had kind of fossils, you know, like fake fossils for the children buried under sand with all these brushes that they could kind of excavate. Yeah, you could be a paleontologist for the day. Yeah. yeah Sam absolutely loved that. Uh, he did. So the whole experience was like Jurassic Park, but significantly safer, which you can't usually say that about Bolivia. So so well <laughs> done, Sucre, for Parque Cretacico. And we look forward to making probably a third and fourth and fifth visit uh, next time we're there. Yeah. Yeah, he's not is, really. Is, is ever... that or Sam loses his head in a quite literal sense in the park? 
in the, oh, in the, the paddle boats. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you can only do the paddle boats so many times before you don't bend down low enough and yeah. have an injury. So the dino park is probably safer. Yeah. Um, okay, I think that's about it. One last thing. If you're mad like me, uh, you can not only get up early in the morning, but you can go for big walks in the surrounding hills. Uh, I, I, I had the pleasure of going on one that was, I think was supposed to last couple of hours ended up being more like nine <laughs> we thought that we'd lost our friends because they wouldn't want to be our mm. friends anymore after craig organized this hike that ended up being nine hours after a tour agency uh helped me to organize a hike that they assured me would just take the morning yeah anyway i thankfully didn't go that was my boating experience instead mm. yeah I, I don't know which one was more dangerous when i come to think of it i'm totally fine with the boating experience yeah. Anyway, so absolutely, no joking aside, um, if you ever come to Bolivia and see us, sorry, when you come to Bolivia and see us... Because we're lonely. Mm, hashtag. Uh, when you do that, because we're lonely, go to Sucre. It's beautiful. Uh, just spend a few days there, relax, enjoy the, the altitude air, which is a lot fresher than Santa Cruz, let's be honest. And, uh, and yeah... Uh, we hope to see you soon. Uh, so yeah, I don't think there's anything to add to that, is there? No. Next episode, Bowery. <laughs> or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Alright, well, why don't we move on then with a bit of news and, and prayer items. So, as we uh, mentioned at the beginning, uh, this is day one of school. Uh, so that's right up there at the top of the of the prayer items for for this uh, for these next few weeks. Um, yeah, how how are we feeling about it all? I'm still very emotional after dropping him off. He's now been at school. I don't know what time is it. Ten, so he's been at school for two hours now, mm. and he has to get all the way to three o'clock. It's only ten a.m. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to get to three o'clock. That is the big adjustment. It's not it's not just going from virtual to to in person. It's going uh, to basically full time for the first time. That's huge for him. Yeah, kindergarten and pre-K were half day, so he finished at lunchtime. Um, but grade one is full day. Yeah. And so it's a huge adjustment, not just for him, but for us. But something that's really cool is we, we, had a, we were actually asked to come to the school yesterday for a sit down uh, with, uh, with the principal of um, of elementary and some learning support people and also so that Sam could meet his teacher just by himself and that was really productive wasn't it that was really positive yeah we were really encouraged that the school um, knew that Sam would have um, yeah special needs mm. and that um, they wanted to work with us and the psychologist the family psychologist we've been seeing over the school holiday also prepared a report for the school without us us even asking mm -hmm. and had that ready for our meeting yesterday so it was a really productive meeting and everyone seemed to be really on board on like stepping up to you know give Sam what he needs um, the learning support the educational kind of support um, teacher is really keen she's she says she's very prepared with all her kind of programs and mm. um, fidget spinner toys and anything that you know he might need they even have like this weighted vest mm -hmm. for children who need to kind of have that sensory input when they're upset so it's exciting that the school has more things like that 
Yeah, she, she seemed as excited about all these gadgets and toys as Sam did. I'm not even sure she's going to be submitting receipts for them. Um, but yeah, no, that was really cool. Uh, so yeah, just pray for all of that. Somebody else I was thinking about in terms of school. Yeah, pray for that. Pray for, I think, pray, yeah, pray for sleep as well. Uh, Sam's sleep patterns have been a little bit more erratic the last little while, I think. <laughs> ours have obviously been at the same time because of that. I think I mentioned the dog the last time that we're, we're looking after who's been great, but uh, he loves waking Sam up in the morning and, and quite early in the morning. Just pray that we can get into a good rhythm in terms of rest and sleep and stuff. I honestly don't know if the dog's waking up Sam or Sam's waking up the dog, but like yeah. Sam wakes up and instead of going back to sleep, he thinks dogs to play with. Yeah, that might be it. Anyway, we, we have different perspectives on these things, but I think all I think just above all, just pray for sleep uh, for everyone. Yeah, we're we're all quite tired today. I think we're all, we're all averaging. Well, Amanda and I are averaging about you know six hours a night right now, which is not good. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah. Just the emotional kind of adjustment. Mm. I literally kind of just walked around the house for fifteen minutes, picking up random things because I was like, I don't know what to do with myself. Mm. I washed yeah. dishes. Uh-huh. I was like, okay. <laughs> What are we going to do? Amanda, how are things for you in ministry? Yeah, things are good. Um, so there's three striders in country right now. So I'm in touch with them. Two of them have just had their reviews um, done, well, evaluations and interviews done. So I need to write up those reports. Um, and we have our team conference coming up in a month. So it'll start getting busier trying to organize that. It's virtual again. So that'll be um, easy. Mm. How are things with Mary Bell? I think we've touched on Mary Bell. Uh, I think we touched on her in the last episode, unless I'm mistaken. I have no idea. But Mary Bell, no, I have no idea when we last touched on her. But (laughs) (laughs) Mary Bell is um, a Bolivian who is going to go serve in Manchester. And so her um, leaving date has been pushed off for a really long time because of the political issues and then because of visa issues and then pandemic. And so she has officially submitted her visa for the UK Mm. and we are waiting on that response from immigration. Yeah. So yeah, pray for that. Pray for that. Fervently for that. Um, before I forget, a personal thing as well pray for our car or pray that we can get our car back soon amanda and i well praise god we were involved in a in an incident a few weeks ago we were dry uh, we were in the front seat sam was not with us we were we were coming back from a date our first date in quite some time which was really nice uh but we were basically re-rendered from nowhere by a drunk uh, truck driver uh, so we emerged unscathed, but the the rear door uh, and the rear of the car in general was significantly damaged. Um, mercifully, we have insurance, but uh, it's taken quite some time to get all the parts together and things like that. So all in all, we'll probably be without the car for three weeks or so by the time this is all done. So just pray that we can cope uh, in the meantime. I think we've done okay, but pray that we can get our car back soon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, school runs are slightly difficult without yeah. a vehicle, um, especially because um, what they have to do now, biosecurity measures, when you drop off your child, they actually take the temperature of everyone in the vehicle. So mm. if we keep 
going with taxis or when we have to go with taxis today we borrowed someone's car but when we go in taxis they'll have to check the taxi driver's temperature as well yeah they'll love that uh so yeah let's pray for that um in terms of church yeah there's a sense of things things really kind of opening up again uh we're not quite at the stage of of bringing back sunday school and uh, sort of hospitality after the service, things like that. But we're quite close to it now. We're we're hoping to do that in the coming weeks. Um, I put out an appeal a few weeks ago just to people. Uh, I think we have a sense that there are a lot of people who are uh, long-term kind of friends and members of the church, but who who weren't necessarily able to come back or haven't haven't been able haven't come back since we reopened. And I think in a lot of senses they're probably just like so many of us out of the habit uh, of coming to church. Anyway, that um, there was a there's been a bit of an uplift in in numbers the last few weeks and some old faces coming back, so that's really good to see. Um, but just keep praying for that. Pray that I think really the goal between now and December, in a way, is just to bring back uh, instead of trying to do lots of new things, just try and almost reset, get things to where they were uh, pre-pandemic sort of thing. Yeah, so obviously looking at children's ministry, mm. um, wanting to restart that and just trying to think about the best form to start that in, especially with um, biosecurity protocols and um, we really need teachers. Yeah. There's right now just me, myself and I. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not good. Well, so, that, that's, well, she'd be wonderful, but yeah. I, I'm, yeah, I don't quite know how to approach it. Um yeah, because of the transitory nature of an international church, you also, you never know which kids will be there mm. and your age group. So it's really hard to plan sometimes. Um, so just prayer that we can start thinking of yeah. the best way to approach it. Yeah, and and, and pray uh, that when the time comes, the right people will emerge uh, and we'll get uh, a crack team together, I guess, eh? Yeah. For it. That'd be great. Um, and also, oh, we've, we've put out uh, an advertisement for a, a, a trainee, uh, uh, sorry, I was going to say a trainee apprentice. That's an oxymoron. That's uh, like anecdotal stories, apparently. Uh, okay. Uh, or storied anecdotes. Anyway, yeah, uh, for someone to come and work particularly with youth uh, in conjunction with the school as well, that would be beginning uh, next August, God willing. Uh, so just pray for that. Pray, pray that, again, the right people will come forward for that. I don't know if there's anything else to touch on in terms of prayer items, is there? Just No, I don't. I think just, yeah. Um, also, I would like to say that I was joking about the lonely thing. Oh. I don't want people to think that, you know, we're here suffering in loneliness and isolation. That's not true. Yeah, we have lots of friends. We do. <laughs> No, we, we do, we, in all seriousness, we're very good friends here, um, but, you know, visitors are very welcome we and do such visitors. an encouragement. We do love visitors. That, that's a common thread for any missionary. Ask yes, them. they love visitors. They like a little piece of home coming out to to um, encourage them. Mm. Um, but we also understand travel restrictions, um, and for people not used to traveling internationally frequently, yeah. all the new COVID restrictions can definitely seem overwhelming. So we are not pressuring anyone we're just saying we love you and we would love to see you <laughs> mm, for sure uh, and and speaking of people we love to see uh just before we finish we had another live zoom event that was a few weeks ago with our with our north american uh friends and partners 
uh, and that was great. Uh, I think there were about half a dozen connections, so it, it was a little bit more intimate than, I guess, the, the kind of other one. I was going to say the UK one, but the, the UK evening one, I would say, because North Americans came to that as well. However, uh, we had a really good time, uh, a really nice time of prayer, um, and yeah, really good conversation. Um, we're just, we just, again, felt so encouraged by that. Absolutely. It was nice to see friends from different spheres all chatting with each other. Yeah, bringing people together. That's what we're all about. Yeah. So, God willing, we'll do another one. Uh, maybe revert to the, the UK evening for the next one again. That would be in October. maybe October, yeah, is the idea. Anyway, uh, stay posted for that. I think on our Facebook page and, and blog, you'll get information about that. Yeah, so everyone, take care. That's it. Oh, text message from the school, Amanda. That's not even funny. That is not. (laughs) Don't even joke about that. That's so mean. Okay, on that bombshell, good night. Bye. For more information on ourselves or our ministry, please visit our website at cramandaham.blogspot.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time on Los Cunningham.